Welcome, I'm David Nurse, MBA shooting coach turned life optimization coach, speaker, author, leader of all types. On this show, we bring on high performers, athletes, CEOs, entrepreneurs, people doing amazing things in this world, but they weren't always at that spot. And we talk about how they got through their stuck situation and made their pivot to achieve their success. So join me every week as we pivot and go. I'm dreaming vivid, so I'm living my goals. Written to existence, you know I'm doing the most. I'm steady winning, having breakfast for dinner, cause I'm always giving the toast. I live that 1% of lifestyle, didn't you know? Doing what I can just to get in the zone. Incremental change to help you get in the flow. But if you hit the wall, gotta pivot and go. Switch your perspective and go for the goal. That ain't the end of the road, just pivot and go. Welcome back to another episode of the Pivot and Go podcast. Thank you for joining me. It really means a lot that you're spending your time here with me today. And please leave leave a message any way that, that I can continue to help you and pour into your life. I'm very accessible. Please reach out anytime. But without further ado, this week, on the Pivot and Go podcast, one of my closest friends, and he's just a, just a magnet, infectious with positivity. His name is Jordan Montgomery. Now, Jordan has an incredible story of hitting the top, hitting the peak, and then just everything being taken away from him. Everything that he thought that his identity was held in was taken away, like losing his house, millions of dollars taken away. But he has developed just, just the way to bounce back. Bounce back, but in a genuine way. The dude makes everybody feel like the most important person in the room and literally like he's your best friend because he's so intentional with his time. And you'll hear some of these sayings that he has. Is identity can be idolatry. Being casual creates casualties. And it's just... So many of these is just packed into this episode. But the thing that I respect the most about Jordan, what we're all looking for is life rhythm. And he does it. Extremely passionate. He's driven. He's motivated. But he puts his family first. He's a family man with a business before being a businessman. So without further ado, Jordan Montgomery, buckle up. Because here we go. The road, just pivot and go. Pivot and go. Jordan Montgomery, welcome to the Pivot and Go podcast. I just have to let the audience know before we get going, this is probably one of the most excited, looking forward to podcasts I've ever had. You are one of my best friends that I've only known for a short time. So without further ado, Mr. Iowa Hawkeye himself, how you doing, brother? I'm doing awesome, man. And you know what? It's such a blessing. Like, it's cool when you follow a podcast that you then get to be on. And that's happening right now. Like I've, I bet I've listened to 20 episodes of the Pivot and Go podcast. Wow. And here I am hanging with you, man. So this is an honor. Super fun. Thanks, Thanks for having man. me, bro. Of course. We've got a super fan on the podcast. How about that, everybody? That's right. Come on, man. Hey, hey, start us off with a bang, Jordan. Something that maybe not everybody knows about you. Like you're a phenomenal business grower, speaker, and going to be author here one of these days. But something not everybody knows about you. Something different. Man, so I think you could appreciate this because we have similar roots. Uh, I am from the largest... Amish community west <laughs> of the Mississippi River, Kelowna, Iowa, a uh, small town of 2,500 people, but man, God's country, love it there. I'm, I'm not Amish. I didn't grow up Amish, but 
but I lived among the Amish people and there's some incredible people. So there's a mm. uh, random fun fact that probably not everybody knows. That you, I bet you have some stories from that living like the Amish. I mean, we could take some of those things that the Amish did and really put it into our lives to help with a great life pace. So yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk more about the, the Amish ways and not using any cell phones or anything like that. But <laughs> But let's let us let us let's dive into it here, Jordan, because you have such a fascinating story and you're so impactful on the people that are in your lives and get to get to listen to you speak. So on the Pivot and Go podcast, we talk about making life pivots. So tell me about the time when you had to when you felt stuck or you felt like you just had been just the legs taken out from underneath you and you had to make a pivot and then go on to achieve where you're at today. Yeah, well, I would say my major life pivot to this point in my life, I think I'll probably have more pivots. We all have multiple pivots in our mm -hmm. life. But I had a major pivot at 27 years old, and I wasn't stuck. I was devastated. You know, I mean, it wasn't like it was just this small moment. It was a big moment. Uh, God used that moment to really shape and change my life. But the short story, and, and you kind of know this, David, but for our listeners, the short story is I was working for a financial services firm. Uh, I was about five years in, and I was really fortunate to have some early stage success. So I was moving and shaking, working long hours, building relationships, loving the work. Um, I was an advisor, and then I ran our office, and then I had sort of a third hat where I was a speaker and a consultant. So I was starting to get asked to, to speak and share ideas with other organizations based on our early stage success. And my identity was really at the time in my achievement. So I, I had a lot of pride in the results, in what I had produced, um, in my accomplishments and awards. And at 27 years old, uh, I had a conversation with the leader of our firm, the guy that I sort of worked under, April 1st, 2015. He said, Jordan, this is going to be your last day at our firm. Wow. And so I was at the time in like the proverbial penthouse, right? Like life was good. And I was making really good money, I had great relationships. Um, and at the time I had influence or so I thought, and I went from the penthouse to the outhouse like overnight. And what happened, David, is I was moving really fast. Uh, I was a little bit casual. And when you're casual, you create casualties. And on that day, I was the casualty. And uh, I'll never forget it. I, I was so blindsided by the conversation. Like literally I was so oblivious that I was annoyed that I had to have that meeting. And it was the meeting where like I was let go. I, I was that oblivious, <laughs> like I was that unaware. And so I had a lot of work to do as a young man. And what had happened was there was a, a member of our, our team, my team that took a test on my behalf. I found out about it, didn't report it. So it wasn't like there was something intentional or malicious. I was just going too fast. I was moving really fast. I wasn't paying attention to details. I was so caught up in the result and um, it was defining me. It was just mm. controlling my identity. And, and it was idolatry. I mean, really what it was at the end of the day was, was idolatry. And so um, I, I you know, started down this new path, David. Like My life kind of changed in a moment. And it was really hard. It was embarrassing. I dealt with a lot of shame. It was very public. A lot of people knew about it because of my presence inside that company. And I had a guy by the name of Tim Bohannon who sort of took me back. So he accepted me back with the same company, put me back on my feet. The crazy part was I was building a house uh, that was much bigger than any 27-year-old should probably ever build, especially in the state of Iowa. 
And so when I was building a house, well, when you lose your job, the bank wants to re-underwrite the loan, right? So they want to re-underwrite the loan. I'm a 100% commission-based job. What I realized was I wasn't going to get that same loan based on my new employment status. So I was two days away from filing bankruptcy. Tim Bohannon steps in, says, hey, I got gotcha. you. We're going to do this together. I'll help put you back on your feet. And he was just an amazing influence and mentor in my life. So um, here's the crazy part, David, and this is the real pivot. I was down and out. I was in pain. And what I didn't realize is that God's preparation is, is sometimes packaged as pain. Mm. And in that season of my life, he was preparing me to be a dad and to be a father. Uh, in that season, I met Ashley, my now wife. We have three girls, Audrey, Claire, and Olivia. And he had to do some stuff in me before he could do something with me. And there was too much ego, pride, idolatry in my life for me to be really set up as a father, as a family man. So, um, you know, sometimes we want God to restore certain things in the same vein. But sometimes what he does, when he does heart surgery, he connects other veins, you know, and, and he helped me as a, as a family man, as a father, as a future husband, as a man of faith, as a person of character and integrity, like he had to do some heart surgery and put my, my life back together in a different way. And it was this beautiful thing, man. And I'm thankful for it now, but it hurt really hard. It was a necessary pivot in my life for sure. Oh my goodness, Jordan. Hey, Let's break that down a little bit because what you just hit are some liners, some some just mantras to live by. You were in the proverbial penthouse based on achievement. Being casual creates casualties. Identity, our identity can actually be our idolatry. God's preparation can be packaged and is packaged as pain. And the heart surgery that God does on us connects other veins. That's why I'm telling you, man, you need to write a book. You're a phenomenal speaker. You have a great message. And it's just, it's crazy, right? Like you were at the top of the top, the top of your game at a young age. And you didn't realize, you hadn't done the, the root work to really have to like appreciate what you had been given. Once it's taken away from you, you realize, okay, I need to make this pivot. I need to have this bounce back ability. And how do you as... And how do you, from the bottom, like, how do you, how, how did you go about piecing back what you knew you were and how you could just like regain your footing and basically regain your life? Well, part of it was, uh, prayer. Yes. <laughs> a, a lot, a, totally. a lot of help from a lot of good people around me. A lot of prayer. Totally. You know, and, and, and brokenness is a powerful position because when you're broken, when you're on your knees, uh, there's great power, right? Because you're willing to listen to the counsel of others. You start to listen a little bit more to the Lord. Uh, you start to lean into the scriptures. And so my faith really grew um, in that time. And I think it's Stephen Furtick that says, if, if you live for their praise, you'll die by their criticism. Mm -hmm. And I started living for other things. You know, at the time I was really living, living for the approval of people. And I started to understand that um, I, didn't, I didn't need that. In fact, that was going to derail me at some point. Like at some point, if it wasn't this thing, at some point in my life, I was going to hit a roadblock based on where I found my joy and my identity and my confidence. And so, you know, that was a major pivot for me, uh, David, but it happened through, man, a lot of alone time with, with Jesus, with, um, you know, with, with a few good people, asking a lot of questions, getting feedback. And then the other thing I started really to ask myself is like, who am I becoming? Because up to that point, I'd started, uh, I'd really been asking the question, what am I accomplishing? And I think we got to prioritize who before what. 
you know, so many young people, it's like, hey, what am I going to build here? You know, this is the business I want. This is the house that I want. This is what I want my finances to look like. And it's all based around the what. And sometimes we forget to prioritize the who. Like, this is what I want my character to look like. These are my values. This is how I want to be set up as a future husband or a future wife, if you're listening. A mother, a father, a community leader, a member of society, a friend. So I started to think more about that type of stuff. And, and really what it was is prioritizing values before goals. Because if, if you don't set your values before your goals, your goals will take you to a place that you never intended to go. And that's what happened for me. I just, I had big goals. In many ways, I accomplished those goals. And I ended up in a really empty place that God never intended me to be at. Wow. It's a mindset paradigm shift right there. Take care of the who and the what will follow. Just like focusing on the results. You focus on the results, they'll never happen. You focus on the process. You focus on your character. Everything else comes into that. And, man, you live it. You breathe it. Like you talk about, you keep talking about your family, your relationship with Jesus, God. Like that is who you are. And as successful as you are, what blows me away is how intentional you are with your time with your family, with your kids. I got to meet your wife and your kids. <laughs> like me and Taylor talk about you guys. Like you are a role model family. It's, it's amazing. Like how have you found that? I feel like you are the epitome of figuring out, and I know you'll say you haven't, haven't figured out, figuring out life balance. And li not life balance. I don't want to say life balance because it's, it's not about balance. Rhythm. Life <laughs> rhythm. Talk to us on just how you go about doing what you go about, basically. Well, that's an interesting question. You know, I had an interesting conversation with a friend recently. And he was, he was asking me sort of like, how do we get quality family time? And how do we make sure that we spend time as a family? And candidly, uh, I'm not great at it, you know? And so, like, like, priorities are a reflection of our decisions. Our decisions are a reflection of our values and our values are oftentimes actually a reflection of accountability. So for me, like it starts with the realization that I, I'm actually a pretty broken guy. Like I need help yep. and I need Jesus and I need good people around me. And um, because I have good people around me, because I have Jesus, because I love my family and my wife holds me accountable, uh, we run a pretty tight calendar. And so like I will schedule in time with my kids and time with my wife. And somebody will push back and say, why do you have to do that? Like, you shouldn't have to schedule time with your kids. You shouldn't have to schedule time with your wife. And, and my response to that is no, like, set the ego aside. Just be willing to admit that you need help. And if you had the courage to do all of those things that you want to do, like, who would you be? You'd be this most perfect human that doesn't exist on planet Earth. Like, you need help. You need accountability. Like, schedule it in. You schedule everything else in your life you got to schedule quality time with the people that you care about most. And I, I'm a family man with a, with a business, not a businessman with a family. Oh, nice. And if that's true, then that needs to show up in my calendar. And so um, for somebody listening that's struggling to make time with, with family, like sometimes we got to trust ourselves a little bit less just to assume that, oh yeah, I'm going to put my phone away. I'm going to make the right decision with my wife, with my kids. I want to do that. But sometimes what happens is my sin nature gets in the way. And if I'm not careful, I'll end up serving somebody else and, and robbing my family. So I think, David, it really starts with having enough courage to say, okay, God, like, I need help. I'm going to prioritize this in my calendar. 
Uh, I'm going to have conversations with people that really care about me, call me upward. They're going to hold me accountable. Because here's the thing, man. When I spend time with my family, it's time that I never, ever, ever regret. Like that is truly where I want to be, right? It is where I want to be. But how many times do we do something that leads us to a place where we don't really want to be, but we weren't thinking about what we were doing when we were doing it and we end up in a different place. And so for us, man, it, it gets back to intentional time, it's decisions, it's values, it's accountability, um, and it's scheduling time with our family and making that a real priority. That's beautiful. Isn't it interesting on, like we have passion, we're on a mission that God's given us these abilities, but the people that you respect the most, like I respect the heck out of you, is that your priorities are not based on has to be the mission. Like if someone looked at you and all you were doing was just building this great company and just being this amazing speaker, but then you didn't have the actual backbone backbone of your family first, like then I, I wouldn't really believe anything that you say. So, man, that's so good. All those points. Like go back, everybody listening, just rewind this. Start from the start again. Rewind this. This is, hmm. this is, this is gold, Jordan. And, and what you do in these characteristics that you just broke down is you make the people that you are with feel so comfortable in their own skin that they can be comfortable with sharing who they are with opening up like you create that sense of like what I'm telling you your book is going to be called making people feel like they are your best friend that is a super skill your connecting is a super skill can we dive a little bit into your intentionality on how you go about making sure you keep that a priority and how you stay intentional in the moment. I've been working on it a lot, Jordan. Like it's, mm. it doesn't come necessarily natural because I'm always on my schedule and my time. Like I want to have that intuitive empathy instead of just thinking it's just about me. And it's, I know I'm talking a lot here, but it's, it's like the Jesus pace that we talk about. He got so much done, but man, he was smooth and had time for everybody. So how do you go about using, creating that Jesus pace in your life? Well, it's so funny that you asked me that question uh, because this is so much of who God made you to be. You know, you are a natural encourager. And if we talk to our mutual friends, they would say that repeatedly. Like David Nurse is one of the best connectors, encouragers on the planet. Um, And you're always taking time to make other people feel special. So I I just appreciate getting that question from you. And and I'm learning from you all the time, man. I I learn uh, by watching you and seeing you connect with other people and elevate others and encourage others. And, and here's a couple things that I've learned from you that I think I've been applying in my life. Um, you know, when you prepare, when you spend the time to get to know somebody before the actual introduction, like before you actually meet them, uh, you honor them. Mm. So the, the way that we oftentimes spell love is, is T-I-M-E. Nice. And, and you came to Iowa and you were prepared. You had spent time understanding my world, my life, my people, my city. And so even though we hadn't spent actual time together, like you had invested time, you had prepared for that moment and you honored our relationship and our friendship. And I think sometimes we forget to do that, right? We get so busy and you're meeting the new prospective client or you're meeting your new important relationship, maybe it's a a future spouse, maybe it's a future best friend, maybe it's a future business partner. And sometimes what what we have to do is just spend a little bit of time preparing for that conversation. Like get to know people, honor them. Like I wanna know what's important to you. I wanna understand a little bit about your family. 
I want to know your interests, your hobbies, where you're from, your, a little bit about your background. I don't need to know everything like that in a creepy way. <laughs> but when you can say like, hey, man, I, I know your wife is a Hollywood actress. Like, how cool is that? What's that like? Bro, from Iowa to Western Illinois out to L.A., like, man, what a transition. What a life story, you know? Um, how did you get me in the NBA, like this crazy story about 30 GMs and handwritten letters and like, tell me about that journey, right? Like that shows people like, hey, you've invested in this relationship and we haven't met yet. You've prepared and because of that, you've honored me and I appreciate that. And Dale Carnegie famously said, a person's favorite sound is their own name and their favorite topic is themselves. And you're so good, man, at keeping the spotlight on other people. And man, when you keep it on other people and you ask them questions and you're genuinely curious, you grow amazing relationships and, and you get that man at the highest level. So I just, I want to give you a shout out as we share this conversation, brother. I mean that. Man, that means the world to me. That how you knew everything about me when we met, you had already read the book. So you live what you talk about, preparation, investing in people, making them feel very welcome and very just that they can be themselves and a sales secret for everybody out there. Literally, if you want to just dominate sales and not for a selfish reason, but if you do want it for a selfish reason, reason, ask what they want, ask what the other person wants, not necessarily what you have or what you can give, but what do they want? Cause just like you said, like Dale Carnegie, like you're going to take, you're going to be the next Dale Carnegie book, like his, uh, how to make friends and what was it? How to, how to, how to win, how to win friends. friends and influence Info, people. Of course, right? there it is. Okay, I knew it, yes. But yes, Great just book. get to know the people you are interacting with. And it sounds cliche, it sounds easy to say, but it's, it's so powerful when you do it. Man, Jordan, you are amazing. I would love to talk to you all day, and we do talk a lot all day, and we're going to have <laughs> you out here in L.A., so I get, to have, I get to live out that dream as it is. But for respect of your time and your family and everything, I'm going to throw you on the rapid fire hot seat. So this can be quick answers, whatever comes to your mind coming at you. What is your favorite, and I feel like you probably have a lot of these, favorite mindset quote? Something that you live by on the fridge, on your phone. What's, What's one of your favorites? I would say my favorite mindset quote comes from Robin Sharma says, everything happens twice, first in the mind, then in reality. Ooh. You know? Yeah, yeah, Happens yeah. first in the mind, right? So good. And as an optimization coach, you know that, right? Working with guys on mindset, it's just true. It's powerful. The power of visual, visualizing what you want, like seeing it before it comes. I mean, yes, speaking it into existence. But if you can see it, you can actually do it because you've already seen it. So, yes, so true, man. So true. Hey, one, one more. Let's give yeah. uh, your, your guy, John Gordon, who's a new friend of mine because of you and Thomas Williams. So thank you guys for the connection to John. JG says this. He says, um, you can choose. You can either speak to yourself or you can listen to yourself. <laughs> and, and we got to learn to speak to ourselves, right? Like when you externalize your thoughts, when you speak it out loud, it becomes 10 times more likely to happen, right? Like it, it becomes more predictive, more probable. And so we have all these negative thoughts, man. We listen to ourselves mm. way too much. 75,000 mm. thoughts a day, 80% of negative. There's just a bunch of negative junk, right? So we can listen or we can speak. And, and I think we got to choose to speak. Preach it, baby. You guys can see why I love this guy right here. Hey, what does leaving a legacy mean to you? Not necessarily what the world says or what it says on a billboard, but what does leaving a legacy mean to Jordan Montgomery? Well, first off, I, I would hope at the end of my days that, uh, that I could say, 
I shared with other people the love of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I mean, I, I hope that I'm a steward of the gifts that he's given me, and through my actions, more people came to know Christ. So good. Um, Secondly, I would say this, that I, I want to be respected most by people who know me the best. So if my family, if my girls and, and my wife, if, if I've got quality relationships with them, like I'm, I'm good. I don't need a lot of people in my life uh, to approve of me or think highly of me. In fact, if I have the approval of a bunch of other people, but I lose at home and I don't win inside the walls of my home, then uh, I think that's a pretty empty life, you know? So for me, like, it, it would be a fulfilling life, and I, I think it'd be a, a life well-lived if I could say I was respected most by people who knew me the best and if I showed people the love of Jesus. Isn't it great to know that it doesn't matter any successes of the world? Like, literally everything you go and do, you can think and know, I have Jesus, I have my wife and kids. What more do I need? You're complete. Such a freeing feeling to have, man. Amen. Amazing answer. Amazing answer. Okay, we're gonna get we're gonna get a little little crazy on this one. If you could have a dinner party with three people, dead or alive, that you want to have a conversation with or learn from, who are you bringing to that table, and what are you eating? Uh, so, <clears throat> man, I feel like we're on the Jesus train, but yeah. uh, that's what happens when I get with you, man. Get we, it. we talk about faith, um, and I love that about you. You wear your faith on your sleeve, and you're so bold about who you are and what you believe in a world that can sometimes be a little bit cold. So keep being you, man. Thanks, um, I, w- I would say this, Jesus, my mm-hmm. grandpa, and my dad. Uh, my grandpa and my dad are the two most faith-filled men that I know. My grandpa just passed. I would love to bring grandpa back and have him at the dinner table. Um, I love my dad to death. He's my best friend. He's taught me so much. And Jesus is the ultimate teacher, the ultimate leader. And uh I think, man, if I could have a steak dinner with those three guys, that would be one heck of a night. I would love that. Steak dinner with a corn on the cob for Iowa. With a corn on the cob. That's right. With some Iowa cows. Iowa cows. (laughs) From Pella, Iowa. Pella, Iowa, man. You got to throw a Dutch letter for dessert there. Dutch letter for dessert. That's right. Dutch letter for dessert. (laughs) Iowa cows from Pella, Iowa. Jordan. You're amazing, man. How can we all follow you, everything you're doing, everything your company's doing? Just basically, how can we stalk Jordan Montgomery? Well, um, I'm probably most active on Instagram. So Jordan M. Montgomery is where I'm at on Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. I don't do a lot on Twitter. Uh, I need to do more probably. But our our website is MontgomeryCompanies.com. And uh I'll say this, if anybody, you know, questions, uh, if you want to reach out, I would love to engage with anybody listening. If I could be of service, if I can add value, uh, let me know, send me a message. I would, I would love to connect. And he means that seriously. He will unbelievable (laughs) at getting back to everybody. It's, it's crazy, man. Well, Jordan, we will link to all of those in the show notes, as well as your pre-order of your book that you haven't written yet that we're going to write together. We'll link to that as well, planting that seed in you, holding you accountable for that. The last question I have for you that we ask everybody on the Pivot and Go podcast, if you could give one piece of drop the mic advice to someone who feels stuck, down and out, like you were when you got cut down at 27, what would that piece of advice be to be able to pivot and go? So I'm just going to give the advice that I received and that uh, fortunately I acted on when I was in that season. Uh, when I was stuck, when I was down and out and in the valley season, uh, the, the Bible became real to me like for the first time in my life. And if you need inspiration, like wisdom, perspective, 
it's all there. Like it's in God's word and his word is alive and he loves you and he cares for you and he wants to reach you and meet you in that way. Mm. And so that's it, man. That's, um, that's better than like any quote or any book that I've yeah. ever read. Like um, <laughs> Jesus is the way, the truth and the life and his word is alive and well. Man, that is such a great way to end it and just crack open the Bible. You like you, you, The worst thing you do is just not do it. So something will come of it, man. So Jordan, right. thank you for just the light that you are to me, but to more importantly, to everybody else in this world, your family, and can't even begin to tell you, like my words on this podcast won't describe how grateful I am for our friendship. So thank you for coming on, man. Well, right back at you, man. I I look up to you and respect you more than you know. And for all the right reasons, uh, the way that you love Taylor, the way that you carry yourself, uh, the way that you wear your faith on your sleeve. And I mean it, man. This is an honor. Highlight on my week to be with you, to be on the show. Thanks for having me, brother. And can't wait to see you soon on the Best Coast. Let's go.